0: back to jump scare. I'm Betty and I'm Chad. This week we cover 1981's Deadly Blessing.
1: In the rolling hills of eastern Pennsylvania, in this quiet community of simple farmers, untouched by time, a gruesome secret has been protected for generations. Into this world come three young women, drawn by the beauty of the land unaware of the mystery it holds. How could they have known that what they would discover would call forth a deadly blessing? Your loss cannot crush the incubus. Ours can.
0: There are three of us. We'll manage.
1: We shall make it impossible for the Incubus to rest comfortably in your soul. Ah! If thine hand offends thee, then in God's name cut it off! Ah! The Incubus Arrive. Those who will not believe. Those who will not be warned. May you be damned in hell. Those who would defy its power. become its prey. It's him! The chilling story of terror and suspense. Deadly blessing.
0: We are celebrating two things with this movie, two events. One is the... Birthday of Wes Craven, who directed and re- co-wrote the screenplay for this movie. His birthday is on August 2nd. So it was yesterday, if you're listening to this on Wednesday or today, if you're listening this on the future. Oh, no. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, it's Monday, you know, because we we cover a lot of a lot of different countries are listening yeah. to us. So maybe it is. And then it's also the 40th anniversary of this film because this film came out in 1981. In August of all months, too. August 14th, to be exact. So I had never seen this movie in its entirety. I had started watching this movie many moons ago and i was like this is a very boring so i stopped watching it i was i probably watched maybe the first 15 minutes of the film i i'm really being generous with that it may have been less and chad had already seen this film i don't know how many times this is i don't know maybe the fourth
2: or fifth time i've seen it
0: so um i was screaming like the typical person that would do this in the movie theater was screaming at the the screen because I was very upset in many of the uh, sequences of the film. And I have a lot to say about the movie. But before I get into all of that, let's give a quick synopsis in case in the whole 40 years of this movie being released, you have never heard about this film. Uh, This is obviously predating Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream, of course, uh, but you can see in the film things that he would use later on in his movies. Uh, I would categorize this movie as a kind of like suspense thriller, like who done it.
2: Yeah, it's it's along the same lines as some of the stuff he would do later in Scream, like some misdirection and making you wonder who it is that's doing the murders and you know, that kind of stuff, would come up later in Scream, and this is kinda like a trial run for some of that. There's some scenes in the movie that are very reminiscent of stuff that happens in a nightmare on Elm Street too.
0: I mean the bathtub scene is the one that's Yeah is predominant a, in my mind. There's
2: a lot that they took from that for Nightmare on Elm
0: Street. So oh, and then there's also the whole like bad dreams, bad man coming for me in my dreams thing. So who knows? I mean, I know it's universally known that he got this idea for Nightmare on Elm Street by reading an article about um, you know, someone who had, died in
2: their sleep over that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, but I, you know this may have been the, some of the seeds of that, too, because I talk about this and about the dark gray, the gray man that comes for you and says your name and that kind of stuff. So they're, they're kind of, like I said, there's a lot of seeds of different uh, movies of his that would be much it would work much better in other movies.
0: <laughs> so Shad, do you want to give like a little synopsis of this uh, amazing film that we saw?: Okay, so you have
2: the married couple. Uh, that's played by uh, Maren Jensen and Douglas Barr, who you would know. Uh, Maren Jensen, mostly from Battlestar Galactica. She played uh, Commander Adama's daughter in that. She was in almost all the episodes. And Douglas Barr you'd recognize from everything in the 80s. If there was a show in the 80s, that guy was on it. He was on The Fall Guy and lots of other things throughout there. He was always like the best friend, the next door neighbor or something. He was there. So they play a couple who have a farm that's located near the Hittites, which are kind of like an Amish family or Amish, you know, group. Community. Community, yeah. And they, uh, the uh, the husband uh, had been a member of this sect until he left, went off to the big city, went to school, met the girl. They got married and they came back when he had inherited a farm from his grandparents. And he's like, well, we're going to live here. We're going to run the farm, and I'm not going to go back to the, the Hittite community, which pissed them off greatly, and they've shunned him, and they're just generally unpleasant to be around.
0: The film has a very um, made-for-TV uh, feel to it, even yeah. though this came out theatrically. Uh, we had covered one of his uh, made-for-TV films, Summer of Fear, yeah. and uh, another podcast that, done, that we did, and... This film is, it's very, it's a slow burn. Yeah. uh, At first, and then, you know, things, oh, there's, you know, there's more. Did you see the guy from uh, The Hills Have Eyes? Oh, there's
2: a lot of people in this movie. I was just running down, I was starting to describe what was going on. You've got a lot of people in it other than that. You've got Michael Berryman from The Hills Have Eyes and everything, many Craven films, and you also have Ernest Borgnine, uh, we got Wes Craven directing as well as co-writing and we got James Horner doing the score. James Horner. Yeah. This is one of three movies he did horror, uh, scores for this year. He did this, The Hand and Wolfen. So he was busy doing a lot of horror that year.
0: I love The Hand.
2: Yeah. That's a good film too. And Michael
0: Kane.
2: Yeah. So shortly, this is not really a spoiler because this happens pretty quick in the movie, uh, Douglas Barr's character, uh, Jim, he dies. He's in the barn, and there's a mysterious accident with the tractor, and he's pushed against the wall and killed. And after that, things, strange things start happening around the farm.
0: Yeah, and you know, there's the whole funeral, and her uh, best friends come down from L.A. or up wherever they are, and... Go to help her through this time and stay with her for a week. And one of her friends is played by Sharon Stone. A very young 23-year-old Sharon Stone. Yep. And next door,
2: besides, you know, on one side of the farm they have the Hittites. And on the other side they have their strange kind of country neighbors, which is a woman and her daughter... That they're a little odd, but they seem fairly harmless. They're just kind of the nosy neighbor types.
0: Yeah, you know what's funny? I thought the movie was going to be centralized around those two characters because those two characters open the film. Yeah. And there's already the beginnings of some kind of uh, character development with them. But they end up being the very annoying, weird neighbors. <laughs> that you don't want, but somehow you always get. Yeah. And, you know, they, they are sprinkled throughout the film. You don't really know who's doing what because, as Shad said before, there's a lot of misdirection. Um, You know, there's, you think it's one person. Everyone has a motive. The uh, The Hittites want to buy the land back. So that they can, you know, expand their farm on it. And then the people next door, they're just being weird. You don't know,
2: maybe they're just weird country people that are like, well, we need to kill the city folks that came down here.
0: Yeah, so you don't know either and, you know, who who could be doing these things um, that happen. And it's just random weird things, you know, a sneak in the bathtub, a spider... You know, there's spiders. a lot of spiders in this movie. There's a lot of spiders. I wish I would have known about that, Chad. Uh, I did not appreciate that because I do not care for spiders, and I did not appreciate that.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of real spiders in this. This was all pre-CZI. They were just throwing real spiders on people, which, from what I read online, she wouldn't let them throw the, the spider on her until they guaranteed, you it, and, I'm sorry, guaranteed her it had no fangs. They pulled this thing's fangs before they threw it on her.
0: Hell yeah. I don't want that shit biting me. Yeah, I don't blame her. At all for an acting job? No, thank you. Yeah, so, get that
2: damn spider the hell out
0: of here. Uh, so yeah, it's just like one thing after another. Uh, I th- I have this movie was all over the place for me. It felt like I felt like it didn't know what it wanted to be, and it's not because of the ending. That just was the fucking cherry on the top for me. That was a nail in the coffin. <laughs> I was like, fuck this. I know that this is has a like a large cult following. It's a cult movie. People are just fucking obsessed with it. I could give I, it. It's good and it's not good because if you just stick with the one direction of it, it's fine. But then all around the other surrounding area doesn't make sense. There's supernatural elements sprinkled throughout the film, and then there's also a slasher element. To it there's the person going around killing people and you don't really know who's doing it that's fine that's not the issue and then when you find out who it is and then you're like oh okay there you go it ends with it comes back to the supernatural element even though the uh the leader of the Hittites says the incubus has gone Is not gone, and then some crazy shit fucking happens, and then the movie ends, and and then it ends, and then there's like a weird like narration narration. passage out of the Bible. Yeah, and you're like, what the fuck did I just watch? That's how I felt. I felt like, what, what? Well, you know,
2: it was always strange because, like you said, they mix it. You know, throughout it, you have like the regular slasher things going on and then you have Sharon Stone's character who almost immediately when they get there she starts having the nightmares about there's a gray man at the door and he's creepy and you know she and he made me eat a spider and he, he turned to a spider and she's having all these creepy nightmares of some guy like touching her while she sleeps and making her eat spiders you see the nightmare pretty vividly at one point and you get the feeling that like they were going to do something with that like maybe she was going to be maybe a little psychic or something, and she was in touch with what was going on. What, but a then they 80s never... movie where someone's a psychic? That know, never happens. And But they never really go anywhere with it, with her character. She just has the bad dreams, and she sees some creepy stuff, but you're not sure, was that the supernatural that she saw, or was that the slasher that she saw? It could have been either. So, yeah, I agree. They were a little all over the place with what exactly was going on. And I'm wondering if this was one of those things where... Because from what I've read, I know for a fact the ending was forced on them. They didn't want that surprise jump scare at the end. And they may have forced some of this other stuff on them too. And been like, you need to work in some more supernatural to this
0: well from what you told me it was because of the sprinkles of the supernatural throughout the film they were like you just can't end the film like this what about the supernatural element you have to throw something supernatural in there
2: we need a, we need something in this to show us what's going on with the demon and that and and you get it you know what's going on with the demon at but, the end of the movie
0: but then you don't get anything because nothing in the movie makes sense You understand the motive of the actual real killer. That's closed.
2: Okay, here. Spoilers from here on out. In case you want to be surprised by this movie and you haven't seen it. Uh, You find out that the next door neighbor and her daughter, it's actually her son. She's been forcing him to live as a woman his whole life because her husband left her and she's been bitter at men ever since. And she even says, like early on in the movie... About how much she hates men. And she's like, I'm glad I didn't have a a son. Because I had to put him in a sack and throw him in the river.
0: And it's a whole pre-Angela sleepaway camp moment. With the whole breaking of the shirt and the reveal. It's all, the whole shebang. And it's fucking, I was like, oh shit. I did not see that coming. And you know right from the beginning. Like why she was acting weird from her point, Faith. Because... She was in love with the next door neighbor, the wife. Yeah. And she had the hots for her or whatever. And that's why she did what she did and because of that. Which, fine, yeah. that makes sense. Case closed. That is mystery assault. solved. It
2: had been a pretty standard
0: slasher kind of thing.
2: And she was killing other people that were, you know pissing her off apparently throughout it because, you know, she got uh, Michael Berryman at one point because I guess he was just a creepy dude that always bothered her.
0: He ruined her painting and was calling her
2: the incubus. He was calling her the incubus and then he did just come over there and smash her painting. So he he pissed off the wrong crazy person. And she killed some other people in the movie too that apparently were just not on her good side apparently because she got the other girl, their other friend that came down
0: Yeah, she did kill her too, which there was no motive for that for her killing her, whatever. But like I said, there was misdirection because you think it's the like the cousin he he's like betrothed to because she leaves the house wearing a white nightgown and holding a knife, and then there's a knifing. Because you have one of
2: her two friends that's down. Like as soon as one of her friends, she decides to go out jogging, and her shorts and tank top and of course she runs across some of these uh hittites and they're like holy shit we've never seen anything like this before a woman jogging around with legs exposed holy shit this is insane i see an ankle and i am hot yeah this as soon as she meets this guy he's all about he's like holy shit i can i can see your ankles and your shoulders god damn this is incredible and he was the brother of the baron jensen uh the martha character he was her uh brother-in-law And since the family has been shunning the guy, he hasn't really had any contact with any, you know, buddy. And so she starts talking to him about, you know, how bad it sucks that, you know, he couldn't even go to his own brother's funeral. He couldn't talk to him even though he lived right next door to him.
0: That whole plot with him is pretty intense in the regards of... He was really hot and bothered, and just couldn't wait anymore because he really wanted to bang his cousin. Like he just didn't couldn't wait to get married. He wanted to bang somebody.
2: He kept seeing the girl around. And he kept talking to her, and she got him so hot and bothered that. Like, he pulled the bonnet off of the woman that he was supposed to marry to kiss her. And it was like, holy shit, you've done it now.
0: Yeah, he pulled the bonnet. And when she walked into the village with no bonnet on, there was hell to pay. What is going on? Who did this to you? Of course, they're like all these city girls, these harlots, these incubi they have attacked a yet another one of our community and are trying to like literally pussify him you know and or or vagina vagina mesmerize him <laughs> he's been titmatized <laughs> titmatized there you go and you know we gotta we gotta we gotta beat him because we're gonna beat the sin out of him that doesn't work out so then he decides to yeah, I've been. He, he's like, I've been kicked out of the community. He's like, oh well, I've been kicked out. So I'm just gonna hop the bus, hike, hop the bus, and meet in a rendezvous because hop the
2: bus. He she, gets a he gets a hike and a hitch in the back of a truck. Oh, a
0: hike and a hitch. I'm sorry, I thought it was a hike and a bus. No, it was nevertheless, a hike and a hitch. nevertheless, he literally got some form of transportation and went to go meet her at the movies, which is plain summer, summer fear, fear, which you know. <laughs> meta before meta right yeah so classic so yeah so that happens and then they fucking die for no reason just move that to the side the supernatural element what the fuck man was this ending that's that's literally me screaming at the screen like what is this going on no let me tell you so the jump scare it was fucking great because you did not expect this at all because it did not come out And I think, actually, the last, like, ten seconds of the movie are the scariest, mind you, besides the spiders, are the scariest part of this film. Because they did, like, an exorcist kind of, like, the lighting, where it's just, like, she closes... Okay, I want to describe this. Okay, you describe
2: it, Throughout the whole movie, the Hittite people are constantly talking about the incubus. The incubus will lead people astray. The incubus will lead them to this. Fear the incubus. Incubus, incubus, incubus. And
0: the whole time, they've also they've been saying that the wife was the incubus.
2: They've been saying like she's the, another messenger of the incubus, the messenger of the
0: incubus. Yes.
2: And then. When it's revealed that, you know, it was the the next-door neighbor who was doing a lot of these murders, you have Ernest Borgnine look at her, you know, and say, like, oh, well, the messenger of the Incubus is dead. So, that was a good thing. He didn't shed any tears over it. He was like, yeah, another one of these fucking city people. And this goes on with his life. And you thought, like, that was the end of it. And I do think that that was was probably originally where it ended.
0: No, it was, yes, that's exactly where it ended. And
2: then they, she, I'll let you tell the thing, but she decides, like, you know, she's going to stay... Sharon Stone goes home, and she goes back in the house, and that's when shit gets crazy.
0: She goes back in the house, and it's a long shot from her turning around, closing the door. Now she's facing directly into the kitchen, which is across the other side of the house, and she sees the spectral of her fucking husband, who looks who looks zombified. Like he looks like we just saw him, like fucking I don't know, uh, ten minutes ago, and he was. You know, because he he got dug up, uh, resumed or exhumed or whatever. He was all hanging on, you know, by his by fucking rope, uh, hanging on, like, yeah, with his fucking him, like, funeral like a, suit. They had him like
2: a puppet in the barn. Yeah,
0: he was all puppeteered. He looked great. He looked like he just died, like, five minutes ago. You see him now, he looks like fucking Michael Jackson the Thriller. <laughs> like, he got the Thriller makeup on, the gray skin, and the weird, like, Cro-Magnon, like, brow. And he's literally warning her be well be well of the incubus and you know what if that was my husband i would have been pissed thanks for the fucking warning bro to, not even a second before the fucking incubus just shoots out of the fucking ground, okay? Like Meg from fucking Legend, like this huge fucking crazy looking monster just pops out from the ground with the fucking like, like hell lights coming out from under the floorboards and literally drags her fucking back down to hell. And the fuck, and it, the, the, the I, I kind of jumped that whole thing, but when she had turned around and saw him, it was like, it was bright outside. It was daylight. And when she turns around, it becomes pitch fucking black on her side. And the only thing you see is a shadow over her eyes, or her, her face, actually. Kind of like uh, Morticia when they show her in the Addams Family, was just her light. And she's like in, in fucking darkness. It is creepy okay it is (laughs) creepy as hell and yeah and then and then and then she goes into hell or wherever the fuck the incubus is at and then it's it's daylight again and we're gonna just pan out of the house oh no
2: and the house instantly repairs itself oh yeah repairs the damaged floor and everything just snaps back into place like nothing happened and then
0: the end the end that's it the end of the movie we're gonna have a fucking uh bible quote. By Ernest Board Nine and then the movie's gonna end. What? And it's just like what it what just happened? What there's where this thing come from why was it haunting this house is the house haunted is it a demon why why was it there the whole time why why did she actually
2: was it working with sharon stone the whole time was it trying to like mess with her or yeah, with, really why know. did
0: sharon stone the second she fucking put her pretty little toe on the fucking soil she became fucking zelda rubenstein like what the fuck happened what is going on we don't know We don't know. We just have Betty losing her fucking shit, yelling at a fucking 40-year-old movie, (laughs) asking questions. What's Craven's dead? I have no one to ask. There's no one to ask. I'm never going to know.
2: Well, this is another one of those things, too. I saw this one when
0: I was very young. I was maybe 11 or 12 when I saw it, because I saw it on cable one night. Man, let me tell you, you were in for something, because if you saw that shit on cable, you saw all the titties, because there are... Plenty of shots. Muff yeah. shots, too. There's like two muff shots. Yeah,
2: there's a lot of nudity in it and everything. So that's part of why. At, the more times I've seen it, the more problems I've had with it. When I saw it when I was like 12, I was like, well, this fucking movie's perfect. They've got all kinds of crazy shit going on. Unexpected twists, The devil at the end. This movie's amazing. The more you see it, the more you start to question it. It is. It's a. It is a fun one to watch just because, like I said, you see a lot of techniques Craven would use later on. Especially like, with the, there's a bathtub scene that's directly he just takes for Nightmare on Elm Street. Even the shot of like laying in the bathtub with her, you know, the way that you they frame her and everything.
0: Because let me tell you, there's nothing more vulnerable than a naked woman laying with her legs wide the fuck open in the bathtub. It's a UTI slash snake <laughs> coming up for you. It's it, you're very vulnerable. That's the scariest moment for a woman. That's the last place you want to see some shit crawling up. On the water okay that is not what you want
2: yeah it was bad times for her both of them you know it but like i said the more you watch it the more you realize like you said it is all over the place it doesn't really know exactly if it had stuck to just being a straight slasher it would have cut then you know they trimmed some of the supernatural elements out of it it would have been an okay tv movie much like some of his other tv movies like summer of fear It it was a good enough movie and the same way with this, if you had cut the supernatural from it and just made it a straight, you know, mystery kind of thing, it would have been fine.
0: Now, I don't, now I'm, I'm feel like, we just saw the movie. Like, we, I was like, we have to do this podcast right now because I'm in, I'm in the heat of it. And we need, <laughs> and I didn't write any fucking notes. We just need to do it. This is all just natural, like, no fucking rehearsal, nothing. Um, we don't do any rehearsals, but... At least we write notes most of the time. And straight to this, now I'm feeling fucking... I'm feeling confused. Did I love this movie? And I'm just mad at it? Now I don't even know. (laughs) I have no idea how to feel. Because it is... If it's something... If it's a film that's able to like, you know, uh, get a response from you like it's getting a response from me. Other people might be like, yeah, whatever. Who cares about this movie? But it it is garnered like such a response from me and I'm like... Did I, did I just see the best movie? Like, Wes Graven, like, it's up there? Or did I just see the shittiest fucking movie ever? Like, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I it's like
2: when you were yelling at the screen early on,
0: you were like, oh my God, you're an idiot. Do
2: this, do this. Why the fuck aren't you
0: doing this? You
2: know, this is some of the things that they would make fun of later in scream. Yes. That's always the wrong people making the wrong decisions. Going up the stairs and they should be going out the door. Exactly. Not locking the doors. All those things that happen in this movie are things that he would later, you know, make fun of and scream.
0: Look at it. I'm locking my door if I live around. I have plenty of neighbors around me, okay? One, like two, like maybe five steps from me, I have a neighbor. I'm locking my door now, and if I lived on that farm where the next neighbor is like fucking 20 minutes away, they're like far as fuck, I'm living living on a fucking huge piece of land. And not only am I locking the door, I have a fucking steel door. I have like fucking like fucking things rolling down my windows. Okay, to protect well, even the me. the sheriff
2: in the movie tells her, you shouldn't stay out here. Because look, if something happens, I won't get here in time to do anything but the cleanup. Yeah,
0: best fucking line ever. Whoever wrote that, any, Wes Craven or the two other dudes, best fucking line because that was the most honest line from any sheriff of any movie ever. He's just like, yeah, I'm not going to be here to help. And, and, he, and he is not. He's not.
2: And he's honest. He, he's not there until anything. Because he's but,
0: fucking uh, uh, so far away. Well, they
2: said the town was 30 miles away.
0: Yeah. So uh, even no. if
2: he's driving 70 miles an hour,
0: it's still going to take him 30 minutes to get there. You dead already. You did. You know? You dead or you're... Now, she was with child. You know, they now, mention
2: that, but they don't really get too much into it. No,
0: they don't. But they, they mention it and you feel like it's a big deal because they mention it twice. Once in the reveal where in the reveal of who the killer is, because it's a dialogue between the mom and uh Faith and the mom um, and how she's never going to be Faith because she has a child in her. And then when the husband tells her at the beginning. In the beginning that she that she's with child and she's doing the spring, which is the beginning of life which is when life begins, not only obviously in the farm, but just in fucking Greek mythology. It's like the spring is like a big fucking deal. That did not save her. Like that fucking thing took her down to the fucking depths. We don't even know. Like I'm so intrigued just by that. I, if, maybe if there was, the killer was being possessed by this thing. Maybe the grandparents died because the fucking land is cursed and they gave it to the fucking grandson because he was young and maybe he would be able to fucking deal with it. Something. Or if
2: they explain that that's why the Hittites work all that land is because they're like to the, protect them. Yes, yeah, they, they're the fucking guardians of the land. They protect the you know, they keep the incubus from coming out. Exactly. Cuz they had mentioned they wanted to buy the land. They wanted to keep it get it back in the in the into the Hittite fold. So maybe they wanted it because they needed to keep the uh the, the incubus at bay. That would have been a
0: good story. That would have been a good story. Something something. Don't just have this movie fine. Love the whole slasher aspect. Love that it's you know, uh, the gender reveal, that's great, love it. Don't love the sprinkle of the fucking uh, supernatural elements, and they're not insanely, like, there's not, like, hovering, spinning objects or whatever. It is light, but it is enough to be noticeable, Yeah. not to at least address it at all, and then have some crazy demon drag you into fucking hell. The, no, no, I, no. I don't know if I've stressed that enough. <laughs> so, did you? What do you give the knives? Uh, I'm going to give it two and a half knives. Damn, two and a half knives. I, I'm going to also give it two and a half knives. It's entertaining. It is entertaining. It, does, it doesn't
2: hold up to a lot of scrutiny when you start thinking about it, but it is an entertaining movie.
0: If it's you know, if I was like, I don't know drunk or something or had at least one drink in me and i was watching it i wouldn't even be questioning everything i would just be like oh shit oh shit i'd be crazed yeah you know and then that ending just if that's anything, one of the
2: best like jump scares there is because it's so out of left field it's just like that uh cartoon bambi versus godzilla where you watch the whole like opening credits of bambi eating in the field and suddenly godzilla just stomps her you're like oh shit that was the whole movie okay that's that, like you know you don't see it coming. Yeah. And this one at all because there've been some like you said there've been some little supernatural elements, but nothing big. And then suddenly this fucking thing just busts out of the floor and pulls her down into hell. Boom. What the hell?
0: What I, the hell? I just I yeah the fear in her eyes like the shot the framing like the uh it, it, the lighting I mean just that one that ending scene is just. Uh, it's beautiful
2: actually it's I just wonder if all this talk of like in the thing like the incubus the incubus that, now we covered this movie a while back the movie actually called the incubus about the demon running around uh, ironically attacking people on farms and remote in a remote area I wonder if that was a little bit inspired by this I know well no that was a book beforehand I think but it's just funny that this you know the incubus is such a big part of this and then the very next year there's an incubus titled movie coming out. It's just one of those random things, I guess. But that's uh, when I saw that movie, The Incubus, I had seen it when it first came out back in the 80s, I remember. And I didn't remember much about it when I watched it again. But I specifically watched it because it was called The Incubus and I thought it might be a follow-up to The Deadly Blessing. Hmm. I'm like, oh, maybe they're going to pick up where that left off and we're going to see what's going to happen there. No. But it was a nice try. The
0: the land is cursed. The land is is cursed. cursed. Which, you see, no pun intended, Um, because there's a scene where Sharon Stone is pouring milk for, um, for the chick, for the, the wife. Yeah. And the milk is just blood and she drops the cup and in, if you know anything about freaking witch folklore or whatever that's one of the signs that you have a curse on the land or there's a witch nearby is that if you crack an egg there'd be blood in there it's one of those old you know thoughts or whatever or, or the milk is curdled you know shit like that so that just goes in tune with the whole incubus thing and it—it's it, just—I don't know. <laughs> so, but you
2: don't know. Was that something the ink? They was like an incubus cause thing, or was that just something the crazy next door slasher did?
0: But because why would she just would... wanted
2: to put you know just to scare her?
0: I guess. But they. She also
2: put a scarecrow in the house at one point.
0: She did. She did do that. I don't know. Maybe she was possessed because also when she brings over the eggs, she says. Which is impossible. I don't even know. I mean, I'm obviously not a farmer, but she's like, oh, I got all the, oh, you're not going to crack the egg. There's not going to be any beady eyes or any blood in there. And I'm like, that was a weird thing to say because. Well, yeah, it could
2: have been like if the eggs have been going for too long, they might
0: have already formed into a little chick. And that happens where
2: people pull the eggs when they've spent a little bit too long under there and they've already formed a little bit and you get like either, you know, a partially formed chick in there or something. It's, That's it's disgusting. unpleasant. Yeah, it's unpleasant. But a lot of times people will hold them up to a light and kind of see through. And if they see a little bit of a shape in it, they won't take the egg. They put it back under the chicken. Okay. That's what they're talking about, candling it. They used to use a candle in front of it. Now they would just use a flashlight.
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah, so she didn't want her to crack an egg, basically, and have like a half-formed chick fall out in it.
0: Yeah, but she was she made it seem like, I guess now that you're telling me, she probably just checked all of them to yeah. make sure there wasn't any of that stuff in there. Because she, she specifically gave her two eggs and said these two eggs are for you, and then dot dot dot. That character fucking dies. Yeah. So what? I mean, there's just so many little things here and there that I feel like you can string up, and they all align with the incubus, the supernatural elements of the incubus. That whole thing with the blood and the milk. I don't know. I'm I'm gonna go out and say that was tied to the incubus. That was like the land is fucking tainted, and you know that's that's what's going on there yeah, it could be who we we're just never gonna know unless we get uh the other two writers and find out if they're alive and find and you know ask them some questions ask them some questions what the heck were you thinking <laughs> obviously not about the last part because it was kind of forced on them but i mean shot wise was craven that's like one of his best fucking shots that and the Freddy walking down the fucking hall, the the, the, the oh. alley with the arms out. <clears throat> fantastic. Like the imagery of it all. Yeah, it's very creepy at the end. Haunting. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us in another episode. A special episode where we're actually doing a Wes Craven month. And we're going to be celebrating the birth and life of Wes Craven via his films. And we're going to be covering, you know, each week one another film. Um, not the immensely popular ones. We're
2: going to go for some of the little ones that are a little lesser known. Uh, and Well, one's a little more popular, but it still doesn't get as much love as it should. So we're going to be covering some of his uh, lesser known ones.
0: All right, guys, stay tuned to the horror.
1: And now, folks, it's time to say good night. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment.